podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the first of our season previews here at the KLNS Rugby Podcast channel. As we look ahead to the seasons for each of the four Irish provinces. Tonight we will start with Leinster and we will get in. We will do a kind of a mini podcast. Hope to keep this short and sweet to a degree. Uh, looking ahead to to each side. Tonight is Leinster. Tomorrow we will have Ulster, then Connacht, then Munster. But we will start with the men from the East who come into this year in, I don't want to say a precarious situation, but certainly one that we've never seen Leinster in. Leinster kind of are under pressure to win, to win now. Um, but at the same time, you know, they've got a new coach in there. They've lost Lancaster. They've lost Johnny Sexton. They've got Jack Nienabar coming in in the coming weeks. You you do sense that maybe winning silverware isn't all that matters. Maybe they could just get by with, you know, having a competitive year. Um, we'll, we'll talk bigger picture across the podcast. We'll talk imports. We'll talk exports, of which Leinster don't have too many and look at some of the fixtures. So just to get you caught up, we record this on the Sunday night after round two of the URC. Leinster, one win, one defeat in those two games. The opening round against Glasgow was poor. There, There's no other way to put it. They weren't up to the races. They made a lot of bad errors, of, especially in defence, and coughed up some easy yards to, to Glasgow. And then in round two, they did seem to rectify this against a Sharks team who who brought a physical edge against Munster in round one. They came out, they were they were much more clinical, they were much more direct, they knew what they were doing, and came out 34-13 victors. Now I don't want to focus too much on those two games because you know we have a lot of games to sorry, we have two games played for each of the four provinces at the time of recording. But if you're going to go with a preview, you don't want to suffer too much with, with hindsight bias and, and recency bias. So did I expect Leinster to lose to Glasgow? No. Did I expect to see them lose with that much? No. So that, that'll probably change perspectives a small bit, but I still would have maintained that this will be a weird and difficult season for Leinster with with everything that is that is going on. So... To start, you have to look at last year. And I think for Leinster a lot to get a trophy last year from the position they were in in April is quite disappointing because, like, realistically, again, Leinster should be winning at least one trophy a year. Um, Europe or URC, yeah, they won the Irish Shield. But... You know, with the with the old format, just finishing higher was was enough for that. It was less about matchups. Leinster's strength and depth, Leinster's quality, in terms of, you know, coaching resources is definitely one, and and just that depth is is going to be a reason they're going to be there thereabouts. And last year, they were cruising. They were absolutely cruising. They didn't slip up until. Oof, how far into the season was it? Round one, round eighteen. The URC was their first loss. Round fifteen was their first time they dropped points, um, and they looked really good. But again, it was the same old story. It was 
caught on the hop in a semi-final um, by a team who were putting all their eggs in that basket and a European final loss to La Rochelle that, yes, when two good teams play each other and it's a narrow margin, it's absolutely just a bit of a coin toss. But at the same time, to lose three in a row to La Rochelle is, is telling. It's a sign that there is something in Leinster that they're not getting over the line against this team. It's a bogey team, for sure. So last year was a disappointment. It was going to be Johnny's last season. It was going to be Lancaster's last season. Um, they needed to win, to not win. And you could sense in the Aviva, I was at the High Cup final, you could sense the deflation in the air. And that's just not what not what Leinster need. It's this season now, they need to right the wrongs. They need to win a trophy. But at the same time, does winning a trophy mask some things? Like if Jack Benignavar goes in and he doesn't really change his game to something he wants, for instance, which could be more off-ball, it could be more defensive-focused. Not that Leinster are, you know, as, as on-ball as other teams, they're not. Um, The stats will back that up, but if they don't change in any regard and they still win, you do question it, you know? And I'm not, you know, trying to rub ointment or not trying to be flying the ointment around in here, but it's important that Leinster get silverware and get going in the same direction. I think they should, if you offered their fans a fast start and winning a trophy or a slow start but really improving as the season goes on. I think that's what we would like to see. Because the reason is a lot of young players in this squad this year who have been given minutes. You look at, say, Jack Boyle and Paddy McCarthy have played the first two games. Um, You're going to see a lot of young guys rotate in. Sam Prendergast has been given minutes, for instance. And that's where I get the sense that maybe that, game against Glasgow was good in in some regard because they'll go through some growing pains because it's something I'll talk about when I talk about Munster. Young players sometimes need a moulding and especially in the forwards. Like it's it's no good for Leinster when you know teams send out half a team against them because they know they're not going to win anyway. Like it's not good for anyone. It's really not. So if they can have a if they can have a kind of a, a growing pains period, then they, maybe that'll be no harm. And you look at their opening two games, or their opening games this season, lost to Glasgow, beat the Sharks. They've Edinburgh at home this coming weekend. You'd expect to win that, then the Dragons, then Scarlets. Realistically, Leinster could be looking at 15 points there. That'll get them to 10, or to, sorry, to 20 points after their first five games. They're not really going to have that. That's the other side of it. You know, as much as it's easy to say, you know, that they should hopefully blood guys and go through the motions as well, but they're probably not going to get that. And I think that's the luxury the Leinster are in because still when they do have the likes of Ross Maloney, Max Deegan, Jordan Armour, Charlie Natai, um, Will Connors, when these guys are still playing in, in these kind of early season games, they're going to have a better squad. And that's kind of what it, what it, that's kind of why Leinster are perennial top of the table in the league, you know, because that's just what they do. They have great depth. They have guys who are not quite international level, who are 
there to to do some of the heavy lifting. In terms of URC, and this is kind of a URC preview, it's kind of a European preview as well, depending on, on how much of importance there is for each team. For Leinster in the URC, I think it would be important for them to at least get to a final because they haven't done it yet. And you don't want it to become a, a mental block. You just don't. You want it to be... You want it to have confidence going into next year again and, and so on and so forth. The longer it goes on without winning it, the more it kind of becomes a talking point that they don't need. So, yeah, they, they, they'll want to get to a final. And again, realistically, Leinster should be finishing at the top of the table. No matter how they start or if they're very rocky patches, they should eventually come out on top because they're that kind of team. Um, They don't need to win 17 games. I don't think they will win 17 games this season like last year. But I think they're going to be near there, thereabouts. And they're going to be stung as well by losing two playoff games, two semifinals in their own backyard as well because that, that hurts. That hurts teams in in more ways than one. There's no, no way about it, especially lose one of them to Munster in the fashion they did. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's huge for Leinster. In terms of then the, the ins and outs we mentioned, Jacques, Stuart and Johnny, this Leinster squad for me is kind of a weird one. I feel like, how do I put it? I think... They have a squad that there is some some very good young players who are not quite there yet because you know, you take the likes of Paddy McCarthy, Sam Prendergast, you know, Gus McCarthy, um, James Colhane, like they're not quite URC winning standard yet, you know. They're good young players for their under twenties. Um and that's kind of why their their squad is a bit of an anomaly because for all these players that they have, they also have your Reese Ruddox still hanging around, your Luke McGrath's, you know, someone like Jordan Armour finds himself outside of the Ireland reckoning these days. So yeah, it's kind of a weird one. They, they, they didn't really sign anyone this year. I don't know if they even signed a single player. It was all Academy promotions from what I could see. Dylan Donlan, who made his debut at the weekend, probably the closest thing to a signing. I just want to focus though on halfback because obviously the shadow that's going to be left from from Johnny is huge. Like Ross Byrne is Leinster's number one now. Like he's Ireland's number three or number two now that Johnny's retired, you'd imagine. So he's going to be their number one. But I think it's important that Leinster don't make Johnny's eerie shadow become Anthem more than it than it should be, which is you know, notable, but not not something that should draw you down. Um, like, I, I I look at Ross, Harry, Sam, Charlie, Tector. I think there's good players there. Like, they're not Johnny Sexton. No one will be. Um, but I feel like we will get into a situation where during the season, if it goes well, it's, you know, say Sam Brennagas plays well against Connacht and Interpro, and it's is he ready? Is he ready for European minutes? Is he ready for high-profile URC minutes? You know, is this the heir to Johnny's throne? And that kind of stuff needs to be parked. We've seen it at the weekend as well. Lovely crossfield kick to set up Tommy O'Brien for a try. But I think patience is more important for Leinster. 
and that's kind of my overall point that I probably made a bad job of explaining earlier. A patient Leinster might be better than one that just goes through the motions. I think as much as we all maybe, not everyone, but a lot of people made fun of Jamie Heaslip's point after the final where he said the reason Leinster didn't have him won Europe is that they were tested. There is an element to it. Like we'd be lying if we said there wasn't an element to it. Yeah, these lads are tested with Ireland. They're tested in Interpros and in a lot of European games. But at the same time, you take Leinster's team from yesterday. The Sharks should have been much, much better than what they were, right? They should have been so much better because that was a Leinster team that, like, of which there's probably no starters on it. I think that's fair to say. Michael Alatoa, okay, Ross Maloney is, is probably a starter, actually, I should say that. So Michael Alatoa, I don't think Jason Jenkins holds his place in the bench anymore. Um, does Penny, Deegan, Ruddock, do one of them get on the bench or does Baird? Do you know, like that's these are the questions. Harry Byrne is probably a bench player for them at the moment. Osborne, Frawley, Larmer, one of them, not I. Like that's not a team that's, it's not even a mixed together team. It's a seconds team and they won by 21 points and that's great. But maybe Leinster could do with just having to be under the cosh a bit more, just in the long run, you know. And I think of the likes of Prendergast. I think of the likes of Finton Gunn if he gets game time or Hugh Cooney. That's who looked really impressive. The the Leinster train, the Leinster juggernaut, has been built by getting. 30, 40 point wins over poor teams in the RDS in the league week in, week out. But unfortunately, that's not actually helping these guys' development. And considering, you know, the next couple of years, Jemson Gibson Park is is pushing on. Rossburn is probably going to be overtaken by either Sam or Harry, you'd imagine. Maybe not. I'll hold my hand up if he's not. Fair enough. Um, Henshaw and Ringrose are... They're pushing 30. Don't be surprised if one of them eventually loses their place. James Lowe is, is it's you know, one of the older, elder statesmen in the back row. Reese Ruddock is probably close to retirement, for instance. Granted, he's, he's not necessarily a full-on starter. Um, their, their second row department is a bit, we're not 100% sure as to what the, the rankings is there and there are those profiles like Furlong you know we're probably looking at the last few years of him the same for Keane Healy so for Leinster and I, I do think they've got great coaches they've got a great squad winning is great but I look at games like they play the Dragons or they play Gloucester in Europe and teams just look disinterested against them sometimes and that's unfortunate the Sharks had a bit about that about them last week they looked like a team who focused on beating Munster and kind of took their eyes off the prize against Leinster when it felt like they were in a, a very good position to possibly pull off a shock. Um, but again, if Leinster stormed through like they did last year, granted they won their, they lost their first game this year, but they stormed through the season and they do win, then we probably won't say these things. But I do feel like we could get through another scenario where they are calling on guys who are a little bit less experienced. And it was something that was called out two years ago in particular, where Leo Cullen didn't seem to back younger players like Frawley, like McCarthy, in European games in particular. 
and you know they kind of ran out of legs in that final in Marseille and you know that's that's the thing you know can Leinster improve as a squad improve under Nina Bear like not play worse to get better but if they can have the luxury of stay winning games I think this is the key I think this is me finally wording it properly if they can stay winning games but improving even if it means they're not as good as they were at the same point last year so at round four last year round five last year they're winning but there's a new style being implemented and they're changing things up and they're rotating guys in so like when the Ireland guys come back maybe Ross Byrne gets a start and maybe Ryan Baird gets a start but they're not all coming back together maybe that'll be good maybe that not competition but just that kind of freshness and you know just changing shape a little bit will be good for them obviously I can't predict how it's going to pan out but I I do feel like the best thing that can happen for Leinster is that they kind of go through some rocky patches in the season don't win 17 league games on the bounce and just you know do it maybe a harder way and I know people laugh when you say doing it the hard way but maybe if they don't have it all their own way and in Europe I think this year this is where they're at an advantage they're going to have to produce at least two big performances in Europe this year I think you know they have La Rochelle away they probably okay you probably don't need to win I'd say two wins would be enough but you know they'll play La Rochelle that'll be a humdinger then they'll have to play a sale team at home you don't want sale to be giving them that game that's kind of the crux of my point like Rassing kind of did last year and Gloucester did last year you want to play a sale team or thinking we can knock Leinster off you know they've just had Munster at home URC champions Connacht away notoriously tough place to go La Rochelle away this is our chance we can take Leinster I know it's in Dublin that's what Leinster want that's what they need to they need to want and then if they can get over that then that's where we're going to see an improvement on last year, as good as they were, but an intangible improvement. And even, you know, going to Leicester, I've never known a Leicester team that's easy to beat on Welford Road. And when we talk about Europe, yeah, Leicester have a ridiculously tough pool on paper. But when you look at it like that, they should be getting at least three wins. But they're going to have to fight for those three wins. And it's that fantastic in and of itself if okay maybe maybe between one of their you know sale or um staff on say at home maybe one of them they, they might get a easy enough bonus from win probably against that but maybe this would be good maybe this period of change and being driven to find the extra one percent that stopped them essentially a one percent that stopped them from doing the double last year maybe that is what they need. And Nidabar is a coach who will adore having to do things a little bit differently, a little bit tougher, having a little bit more spite to a team. Because, listen, he's a defence coach. He was a physio in South Africa. Like, <laughs> you you know that that's what he's going to be relishing when he gets in there. We don't know when. Um, he won't be in, he won't be back in Dublin in time for the Edinburgh game because South Africa doing a, a tour around the country, a parade around the country. But yeah, 
it's it's I think I think it could be good for Leinster if and even if it's a thing of places being up for grabs a little bit more because it was something that was thrown at Cullen less so this, last season but the season before as I mentioned about you know maybe not trusting guys the same amount if you have guys like Jordan Larmer really pushing Jimmy O'Brien if you have Natai really pushing Henshaw Prendergaster Harry Byrne pushing Ross and so on and so forth that's 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 why when Leinster were at their very very best that was what they were good at Remember in 2018, they had three NIQ players of Fardy, Lowe and Gibson Park. Only two of them could ever play. Because of that, the next man up had to be on their toes. They had to be blooded. And I think they knew that. I think they've, not they've got comfortable. I think Leinster have got comfortable in regular season. They're only really stressed in maybe three Interpros, one European pool stage game and, and knockouts. That's That's the way it's gone of late. But if they can just kind of have more of a next man up mentality again, I think that's where Leinster will improve. In terms of predictions, then we kind of wrap things up. I, I promise to keep it somewhat short and sweet. I think I think Leinster would probably still top the league, um, especially now that they've righted the wrongs of week one um, into week two. I think they will. I think they'll get to a URC final. It's an easy prediction to make, though. Like, if I was bold, I'd say, no, Leinster finished, or this, that, or the other, they're a Sexton team, whatever. But I think they'll get to a URC final. I think they'll win the URC this year because they have to. It's a very different kettle of fish for a team to have to win. But that is why I think if Leinster do go out with that kind of mentality of, well, we haven't done it before, we have to do it now. Like, the time is, the time is now. It's not for someone. It's not sentimentality at all. It is, we have to do this before it becomes an issue. We have to do this to prove to other URC teams who don't have the talent as us. They don't have the depth of us. They don't have the same coaching staff as us. Whether you agree with these things or not, that's what Leinster need to be telling themselves, in my opinion. And that's how they need to push on. And like I was kind of one of the things I was doing up was was players to watch. And like I look at someone like Max Deegan, like even Jordan Larmer, Jamie Osborne, kind of in that category, maybe more frawley than Osborne, but guys who are in their mid-20s who need to step up and be leaders, but also need to be really banging down the door for the big games, for the European games. Because for me, that's when Leinster are at their best. That's when Leinster have their best depth, when they have their best squads, when you can't pick the 23 a week in advance. And for Leo Cullen, I think for Jacques Nienabar as well, it's it's funny because you could probably throw conservatism at both of them. But to his credit, you know, Cullen is, is always chopping and changing, but maybe not always chopping and changing for the big games. Nienabar had to change to win this World Cup, and he did. Is Jack Nienabar going to be a good coach for Leinster? Absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind. He is a phenomenal coach. His family wanting to move back to Ireland shows that there's going to be that probably less of a betting in period, I suppose. More of a just kind of, we're here, we're back here. It's a new club. We'll, we'll adjust to that. I think it's a great appointment. It's a great appointment for Leinster. He's a top coach. It's not the service to Lancaster or anything. I think 
fresh voices is never any harm. Do I think Leinster will do a double this year? I don't feel like they've just... They're not going to find that 1% without Giants Sexton because it's no longer 1%. I think they'll struggle to win Europe um, with their halfbacks at the moment. And just the kind of midfield, I think, you know, Gibson Park didn't have a great World Cup, in my opinion. Johnny is gone, which is going to be a mental... um, a mental block or a mental challenge for whoever goes into the 10, jer- 10 jersey. And then, you know, Henshaw and Ringrose, they're a great pairing, but we haven't seen them on the field enough. And at their best enough in, in recent years. So although it could be a strength, it could also be a weakness, especially looking at La Rochelle with Dante um, at 12. And, you know, they're just, the spine of their team is really strong. For me, Leinster will probably, I think they'll get to a semi-final. I think the fact that the pool stage is what they are, they might have a little bit harder and then play that tougher semi-final. And because of that, that's where I see them going out. Because I think they'll lose to La Rochelle in the first game in Europe. As as things stand, things could change drastically before then. It's another, how many weeks away? Eight weeks away? Five weeks away, I think. Uh, one, two, three, four, six. Bang in the middle, almost. Um, another six weeks away so yeah that's about all for Leinster tonight it's a bit all over the place of a podcast just a little chat a little mini pod of, of sorts Leinster if you don't do the double next year don't come crying to me or crying at me more more specifically if you do the double next year you can say I inspired you I'll be back Connacht, Leinster, Connacht Ulster and Munster to come I will be taking a break in the channel after that and if you are listening to this and haven't listened to my World Cup recap podcast with David, Hugh and Rian, do so. It was very enjoyable and the World Cup was very enjoyable. I will need a break. <laughs> That's definitely for sure. But for now and until next time, chat soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.